Warning, the following content is intended for mature audiences only. This content may contain scenes of evil versions of halflings, edgely lordingtons, gross nudity, and adult situations. Please be advised, the Book of Vile Darkness is not recommended for children or adults of any age. System Mastery regrets that this is System Mastery. everybody welcome back to system mastery the podcast where we beat a dead thing or so wait that was the intro i'm not doing the intro right now wait a hold minute. on instead i should say i am jeff and that is john you should mm-hmm. and so i did and indeed you did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let us all rejoice i thought i could so i did mm-hmm. mm. someone make that an inspirational quote and put it on facebook a bunch of times yes <laughs> shove that in your inspiration and smoke it <laughs> uh, john how you doing i'm doing so good yeah that's good to know yeah no uh got enough sleep mm-hmm. got enough to eat everything's fine I'm fine. Good. Thank you for asking. I, you, that's why I ask. I want to make sure you're doing fine. Now, <laughs> fine. me, me, I'm doing okay. <laughs> it's been a day. I know you've had a day. I've had a week. <laughs> it's been it's been a bit. I got I got stung by a stingray two days ago. Super great. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, which normally I am a very careful person around stingray infested waters, which of course I was in, but this is a situation, even though I stingray shuffle like, like a pro junior lifeguard, uh, I, this is a, was a situation where I was bodyboarding and when I p- touched down to the, to the, uh, water from the bodyboard, I landed right on the stingray. It wasn't that I, Aww. yeah, I didn't have a chance to shuffle. I just feel bad for the stingray. Oh, you know, stingray. That's the thing with stingrays. You do, you do feel bad after you stomp one because it's not like they don't seek you out to sting you. It's no. only if you only if you're like they feel threatened. So I feel bad. Yeah, because yeah. they're just swimming around. You're the asshole that steps on one. I didn't want to. And oh God, I was so far from a car, John. <laughs> I was like two miles from a car. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. And that's why I never go to the beach or <laughs> In the water. Or specifically to the advanced grade beaches that I like to go to. The, the ones that are like off. Beach. The- <laughs> that beach really is. It's not easy to get out there. <laughs> this beach is for matures only. Also, yes. I mean, I see a lot of kids out there. Naked kids. Yeah, naked kids. That's one of the things I go there for specifically, John. Let me tell you about why I'm into na- You know what? I'm <laughs> not going to follow this line. You know what? Nope. Nope. The, bad. The book's bad enough as it is. Nope. Don't need it. <laughs> But it's just my favorite beach because the water there is usually so nice and inviting and it's, there's no people around because it's a hard to get to nude beach. Yeah. But this time I got stung by a stangray and boy, oh, I was shame. just bleeding like nuts. I didn't think it was going to be that much bleeding. That's uh, that's a motherfucker. Yeah. No. And then, you know, today I had a whole bunch of other shit. So, hey, good times. I get it, man. Yeah. Limping back that that luckily it's just a beach walk, but limping back with like. You know, a big cut on my foot from a poisonous barb going into it was uh, not not my favorite jam. Oof. <laughs> but it's going to take a bigger sea animal than that to quell my, I don't know, heartbeat. Whatever. It's not like it was a high spirit. Quell spirits. my quell, heartbeat? It'll quell my heartbeat. Quell still my hearting beat. Yeah, all right. Sure, why not? <laughs> Look it up. It's uh, Shakespeare. 
I think that's from uh, the taming of the Shylock. <laughs> the taming of the Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> can't tame him. You have to run for your life. Yeah. Anyway, so we are reviewing The Book of Vile Darkness today, a 3.x supplement. Uh, I'm sure, John, because you have a computer in front of you, you can remind folks when it com- when it came out if you need to. Yeah, I could. I don't know myself. <laughs> uh, or I, I don't know myself, and I don't know when this book well, came out. Well, you should know thyself, which mm-hmm. is, I guess, also probably Shakespeare. Isn't that just a... like To thine own self be true. That makes more sense. Know thyself sounds like you're telling me to masturbate in Bible language. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Should I let my seed fall upon the ground? I think they're frowned upon that, right? Nay. Okay. Not getting into heaven with that. Yeah. You got to catch it in a cup and then like put that cup on your radiator. That's what pleases Jesus. Oof. He likes to see bubble in pots. Oof. Woof and ouch. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm just trying to get in the spirit, John. We read the book of Vile Darkness, the... You know, I've I've heard of this book before, and I chose to do it this time entirely because I looked up a list of the worst D&D supplements of all time in any edition, and this one was very near the top. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, obviously it has come up. You can't really talk about stupid shit in D&D without eventually coming by the Book of Vile Darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2002, by the way. Thank you. Uh, but... I think one of the biggest things for me about this is seeing the names attached to oh, it. Yeah, when you look through that list, you're just like, oh my god, every everyone who has moved on to like Monty Cook games. Oh yeah. Well Monty Cook of, yeah. being the main name under it, and you're uh-huh. like, the fuck, Bruce Cordell? Yeah, all these people who went on to write important stuff for like third and fourth edition in particular are all over this. I think Jeff Grubbs in there, Anthony Perkins. Uh, the, uh, the play test, just the play testers, include a ton of people. Yeah, no, you know. it's one of those things where you look at it, and you're like, man, I'm used to looking at things like, you know, when you see the book of erotic fantasy oh, or yeah, that's any got of no the other, yeah, like, Ugh, this is for matures. We want to have fucking in our game thing. It's always just, hey, I'm some weirdo from the internet, and I made a book. Yeah. But having it be like, hi, I'm professional weirdo from the internet, Monty Cook. We made a book. <laughs> I didn't even check the who was the main name behind this one, or else I would have been more confused about how this has regular spells in it instead of a strong argument that none of these spells count as spells. I'm serious, you guys. Well, but no, uh, yeah, no, I, I can tell you why that's the case. That's because this isn't OGL, like Book of Erotic Fantasy was. This is mainline 3.x D&D. Yeah, this is, you know, straight up D&D logo right on it. Yeah, this is this is made by... Wizards of the Coast and everything, and was followed, I believe, shortly thereafter by the Book of Exalted Deeds as kind of a, a counter to this. Because the thing that struck me on reading this, and I'm sure it, it did you as well eventually, is that this is a lot like reading a complete guide to some species splat book, oh. except replace some species with, I don't know, just evil in general, just the concept of evil. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so it really is just like the complete guide to shit that you attach an evil tag to. Yeah. It looks like the Exalted Deeds came out literally a year after this. Yeah. Like, just to the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was on purpose. 
They were just, you know, we made we made that evil book. We got to make a good one. That book is almost equally stupid, according to all the lists I managed to encounter. Uh, largely, normally they say it's because that book is basically just a big moralizing list of things that count as evil, and then a big list of things that are loopholes to the to, to the uh, previous list. Well. So it's like no good person would ever use poisons. Here is a list of poisons you could use on the evil if you are good. Well. That kind of thing, just over and over again. Great. Uh, this book, on the other hand, thankfully being the first one, doesn't really have that kind of uh, tone where it's like, good is dumb. Instead, it's just like a big list of evil shit you could add to your game that is too edgy for you. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it doesn't go as far as I feared it would. No, it only mentions rape a little bit. Yeah, like, you know, when I look in this and I'm like, oh, you've got all these new, like, deities and then a bunch of prestige classes and things you could be i'm like oh god you're gonna have a rape mage i know you are god damn it and they <laughs> keep don't. turning the page and expecting to see like rapist of vecna yeah i'm just like god damn it when is it happening <laughs> rapist of vecna and it's before racist of vecna these should have been in alphabetical order what the hell <laughs> look at you jeff grubb <laughs> it's just it's very strange the the weird thing for me, especially, is the beginning of this book mm-hmm. starts with a hide this book section because they're like, hey, this is for DMs only. This is we're trying to say that this is supposed to help you make villains that are more vile and evil than you would normally see in D&D. And I'm like, 99% of this book is player options. It's 100%. Yeah, almost 100% player options. The only stuff that isn't is like... A little bit of a bestiary and a list of, like, gods and demons and stuff. There's a little bit in here that's like, oh, you could use that for background info, Mm -hmm. but so much of it is just, here's extra spells and feats and prestige classes you could be. Right. Like, I could see that kind of thing if this was a Palladium book, because Palladium never even fainted at the concept of, like, a bestiary. Yeah. They were never like, here's a list of shit that players can't be that's just monsters. A whole book of it. But D&D, that's like a core part of the concept. So if you want to be like, hey, DMs only, here's a way to spice up the evil things that you're going to throw at your party, you'd expect it to be mostly monsters. You would expect or, it to be that. Yeah, or statted up monsters that are, play- are are humans type stuff. You know, like, you know, Countess Elizabeth Bathory, t- Bathory types. But instead, it is all just, here's two new races, here's... A bunch of new evil feats. Here's a bunch of new spells, prestige classes for the evil among you. Yeah. And again, it's supposed to be like, oh, DMs are going to make your main villain the same way that you would make a character. They're just going to make one of them. Yeah. And I know that people do that, and I hate it. It's not be- the best. This game is not supposed to be uh, It's be not a, a player- PvP game. Yeah, it's not supposed to be player versus player symmetry. Uh, that doesn't work because it there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't work. The number one reason is that most of the time you fight a villain, that villain's going to be dead at the end of its turn, so it has no reason to, you know, or save any resources. Oh, yeah. You know, if I fight the evil wizard that, you know, the DM makes from this, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's just going to expend every single high-level spell he has immediately, use all of his, you know, magical abilities, whatever. They're all going off right now, but you as the player are like, Yo, I had three encounters before this. Yeah. I'm not running on full. And like, I know this book is built around the concept that maybe the, the uh, DM is going to have that evil mage reserve a teleport without error to get away or whatever. Oh, one six-level spell didn't get thrown at you in terms of some kind of spell with an evil tag on it, I guess. But that's, again, that's still the same thing. That's just kind of 
hopefully the players are always doing that and building contingency plans for if they're starting to lose. And I've never appreciated that aspect of D and D character building personally. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very player facing. And to be fair, towards the very, very, very back of the book, there's a bit of like, Hey, would you like to run an evil campaign? Here's thoughts for those so inclined. What kind of evil game are you playing? Evil versus evil. Evil versus good. Evil versus itself. Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> it's just evil that. versus nature. It's honestly that section was too scanty for me because I, I'll tell you, I, I'm I, I'm sure you've had similar experiences to me, although I've never had the same experience at the same time as you. Everyone always eventually comes across a, a DM who's like trying to run an evil campaign. Yeah, and it doesn't work because evil generally doesn't have a shared goal. No, it's it's unfortunate because you're like, you know. You can do this if you're the DM. You're like, yeah, I made a bad guy and some other, you know, dudes that share their particular vision of evil. You're yeah. like, great. But if you get a bunch of people together, like, all right, y'all made evil PCs. What is it? You're like, oh, I want to murder everyone and take their money. Oh, well, I'm out here to despoil the land. And you're like, I, I want to conquer the planet. All right. I, no one gives a fuck. I want to kill Bokob the Blessed. <laughs> And then there's that one weirdo who's like, I tr- want to, I'm, I'm leveling so I can get to rapist of Vecna. <laughs> uh, God damn it, you're out. <laughs> out of the game. Oh, it gets, it gets equivalent spell progression. It's a good prestige class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the biggest questions I have, especially for books, not just like this, mm-hmm. but a lot of ones that are like, ooh, let's give you options for how to make your bad guys even eviler i'm like there's a huge section in this on torture oh yes like a big list of torture devices and the dcs that they bring to like how does this help you do an intimidation check what's the check to get out of the like a ton of these and i just kept thinking okay but either you're using this on the pcs and that's kind of fucked to be like yo i take your like fun elf games dude and put thumb screws on him or it's an NPC doing it to NPCs and you don't need rules. You can just say, this guy tortured this guy and he said stuff or didn't. Yeah, but it's 3.x. 3.x is nothing if not a simulator of the world, which means that you can't just be like, yeah, this is a, these are here's a list of interesting torture implements. Uh, they do whatever you need them to do for the story to work. Instead, it has to be like, well, if the torturer attempts to torture the tortured, the tortured has an 8% chance not to reveal a secret or whatever. And I guess you're supposed to roll that every turn until the players rescue them. Or, yeah, you're supposed to use it on the players, which is bad because one of the central uh, systems to to uh, 3.x character development was no resting control of what your PC says. Mm-hmm. So if an Intimidate check succeeds against a PC character, they don't divulge anything unless that player wants to. Yeah. So it doesn't work. No. It's so so really the only thing left is that it's there for players to use to torture NPCs. Uh-huh. Which is uh Because again, this book says it's supposed to be for DMs, but by God, all of this is shit you use on NPCs. Well, yeah, and you also have a giant list of playtesters and so on, which means that they were using this I guess maybe they were running those people through adventures with extra evil bad guys in them. I guess. Or more likely, they were running evil campaigns. Yeah, it's uh it's just not good. It's honestly, like I said, you don't need most of this. You can just say, yeah, this bad guy is a bad guy. He tortured your friend and they found out where you are staying. 
Like, you don't need to go, he tortured your friend. If you'd like to know the DC of the Iron Maiden that we used, like, <laughs> no, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> yeah, but uh, why don't we start from where the book starts? Uh, the book, we already did. John mentioned it starts with a big old warning. Don't let your D- your players see this. Hide this, this book. This is for DMs only so that you can make an even eviler campaign. But what is evil anyway? Is there reason to the rhyme? <laughs> Yeah, and I do appreciate that they at least start with, I mean, it's D&D. Yes, evil exists. It definitively exists. It's right over there, and I can use a spell to know. I I appreciate that lack of equivocation, but it is kind of funny that they're like, yeah, go ahead, cast a detect evil spell. If someone radiates evil, you can fucking beat them to death, and everyone should love you. (laughs) Everyone's going to go, yeah, but he was evil. Yeah, he was evil, though, duh. He had two kids. Yeah, and his evilness came out as the form of him cheating on his taxes sometimes. Yeah, straight up evil. Yeah, beat him to death. He had a crippling drug addiction, and you just dis- you you uh, defined drug addictions as evil in this book. That's right. Yeah, beat his cut his fucking head off. You're using dream mist or whatever the fuck. You're done, buddy. Piss up his throat hole. Do what you got to do. That guy's evil. It's open fucking season. But then it also gives you the. But what if there's. Mm, a more relative approach to evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if it's all in the eye of the beholder? <laughs> no, beholders are just evil. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, chaotic evil all the time. Every one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's got. But it's funny because it does start with with something that you nowadays everyone goes out of their way to try and pretend was never an aspect of Dungeons and Dragons, which is that they're simply evil. That's demonstra- demonstrably evil. That some species are in their entirety evil. That evil people are invariably, irredeemably evil and that every evil person does every evil thing. Yeah. It starts with that from the jump. They're just like, look, this is the list of things chaotic evil people will do. All of them will do this. That is why it's okay to kill them. Yeah. But then they're like, okay, but what if we make it so that isn't the case? Huh? What if there's a god and you're like, oh, the tenets they espouse are considered evil by my people. But what if there's another kingdom where these are considered the good? Hmm? Have you thought of that? Yes. There's a section where it's like, but what about the different mores of different societies? But what if murder was good, actually? Mm-hmm. Hmm? What if then? Uh, well, I don't know. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick look at how your same edition defined Menzo Berenson, for example, the, the drow city. Oh, irredeemably lawful evil? Thanks, guys. Thanks for your... No, that's just their culture. Their culture is that they worship a giant spider elf and they uh, torture everyone they can get away with. Are they evil? No, that's just their way. Uh. No, just kidding. They're evil. They radiate evil if you cast detect evil. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's like it doesn't leave itself enough wiggle room or it was written too late. But then we start getting into, uh, uh, once we get past this interesting opening section of the morality of evil and defining the different types of evil that exist, like there's a list of evil acts. Yes. There's like, oh, you know. An evil act is lying or theft or betrayal, murder, vengeance. All of these things are super evil. You guys, so evil. Unless you're committing vengeance or murder against an evil thing, then they're good. Ah. I don't know if if they gave the same thing to theft and betrayal. Like if you, I, I think they probably do. Because if you like manage to steal stuff from a chromatic dragon's horde, I think you're still automatically a good guy because that dragon was evil. There was no way it wasn't going to use that money to like do evil stuff. Uh. It was going to invest in fossil fuels. It was going to buy an ape a- a- NFT. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Some white dragon like, these things are only going to increase in value. I paid extra because it's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> 
No one else has this. Uh, I do. Don't right click. How dare you? You wouldn't download an ape, would you? Right clicking is a free action. My world. Yeah, it's it's very weird to me that they're like, all right, uh, we're going to have all these definitions of what's evil. And some of them are like, I wouldn't say evil, like being greedy is on there. And I'm like, that's not evil. That's just capitalism. <laughs> I mean, it is a sin. It's one of the seven deadly ones, even. Mm. Mm. So maybe that's why. But uh, given the all the equivocation that they're like, you can do any of this shit to an evil person if you want. And also the fact that they leave a couple off. I thought when that big list of things that are definite sins, none of them were rape. I thought, oh, okay, we're gonna get an, we're gonna get a reprieve from that in this book because they didn't categorize it as one of their evil things you can do if you're evil. But then it's like half the NPCs in this book they just kind of tack on also is rapist to like the end of their description to make sure you know they're extra bad and it's okay to kill them. Yeah, and there's lots of like rape, incest, and stuff being described among all the demons and devils and so on. Yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, fine. That's they're demons and devils. I, I mean, I don't need it. I don't no. feel like I don't feel like it's important. It is if you're trying to kick Belial's ass, you know, to be like this dude fucks his daughter. You're like, no, it's he's Belial. You don't need to go. I don't need the. Extra- I don't need. I don't need anything more than that. He's <laughs> the Lord of Lies. I don't. I don't even know he's the Lord of Lies and laying pipe on his kids. You could have skipped that. That's not a thing I need. <laughs> so there's that list, and then I guess at that point we finally get into the first things in this book that are player facing rules because that's most of the book i mean we get our new gods oh is that before that okay sure yeah so we get basically gods you didn't need yeah they're just an extra list of like six or so evil gods and almost all of them are i mean this book's got that that standard splat book problem where it by defining new things means that stuff that was pretty simple in in the base book game is now not yeah so they're just like, well, there were already two evil gods, or there were already two gods of death in 3.0 uh, points or whatever their campaign. For, yeah. I think it's, uh, what's that, uh, Greyhawk, the one that's got Bach of the Blessed and stuff, that list of gods. Yeah. So you've already got what? Arithnal and, no, it's not, the, who, are the, who are the two? Uh, Nerzul and the other one. Nah, I don't remember. Nerzul and Weejoss are the two basic acts gods of death. Yeah. But now we're like, how about if there were four more? Eh, I mean, they're not even. That's the thing. No, there's like a dominatrix one. There's a god of beasts, which is weird because I was like, oh, okay. But they're like, no, this is the evil nature god. He's the god of evil beasts. You know, like when a wolf comes up and like bites you because he's an asshole and not just hungry or afraid. (laughs) He's the god of ducks. Those things are notorious rapists. And then you get Rallister, the... Deity of murder, torture, and psychotic behavior. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, mentioned a lot throughout the book. You get uh, you get the patient one, mm-hmm. which is just our H.P. Lovecraft Cthulhu god who's like, what's this? Oh, it's a blob of darkness and mouths that gibbers and waits silently in the darkness. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. sure. Your basic Alex Jones. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, wait silently. Never mind. Yeah. Okay, never mind. 
You get a there's a dominatrix one. Yeah, uh, Karasar, the mistress of exquisite pain. Obviously, the only one that's female is the god of dressing in all leather and being a dominatrix. Yep, obviously, can't, can't just have her be like a god that's like, oh, I'm the god of rot or something. Nope, got to be the god of uh, showing a little titty. Yep. The goddess Sexy Pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you have the Zamix, which is a hive mind god that represents uh, intellectual pursuit without morality, yeah. which is probably the most interesting of the gods they put in here. Mm-hmm. But- I-, I would say for sure. Yeah, it's like six triune beings, or I guess sextune beings. <laughs> and uh- it's just like, what do they represent? They're neutral evil. They are all about gaining knowledge and it doesn't matter the cost. And I'm like, all right. That's at least not a thing you had. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have the evil version of, like, whatever the god of knowledge normally is. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't ask me to remember that. Uh, all right. It's from the list of, uh, I mean, if, if we're talking Forgotten Realms, sure, I could probably come up with it in a minute or two, but the, uh, the I can't even remember fucking Greyhawk three quarters of the time, so. Lol. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I have no idea, but yeah, it. The Zamix is the most interesting one of them to me, for sure. Like a list of like six nameless gods who just go by the Zamix and are like, oh, yeah, this is the, the amoral scientists and people who will take a living thing apart just to see what's going on. Oh, yeah. Then, Out, weird outsiders. It's a great listing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what? Their temples are just pristine, like operating areas. Yeah. It's kind of neat. And then, of course, you get Yethan, just the evil fish god. Yeah. You got to have one for the ocean. Yep, I'm the evil ocean god. Yeah. All right, sure. I keep hearing, I, I, now that I've said the sex tune gods, I'm like, oh man, all I can picture is, is cool sex tunes. I'm like, the sex tune gods represented by kiss from a rose on the grave. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, I am closer, one of the sex tunes. <laughs> if you're nasty. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we get into the new... Vile races. Ah, these are the most lame thing ever. Well, I mean, one of them is conceptually interesting, but to tell you why they're just lame from the jump, it's because one of them is an evil human, and the other one is an evil halfling, and that's it. Oh, yeah. And it's not even like, oh, and there's so much different. You're like, no, literally, uh, the evil human take everything that you have normally Mm -hmm. and just go... Instead of an extra feet at level one, you get an extra vile feet. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. And at least they have like a backstory that makes any sense. Their whole backstory is kind of cool. It's like when God created man or whatever. In this case, of course, you're playing in the D&D world. So it's like when all these random ass gods created men, uh, they were like doing an Adam and Eve story, but it went all crazy. They created an, they created evil, a man an and evil Adam. And they're like, all right, let's watch this dude and see what happens. And he immediately like goes out murders an animal and they're like that's weird and then he makes a weapon out of its bones and they're like that's even weirder and then he fucking jumps at them is like come on i'm gonna stab you god yeah he immediately tries to attack all the gods and they're just like god damn what no and so they bury him they're just like no we can't have right, that we'll no. start over <laughs> just just we're pat and then some force of evil some demon. demony thing was like oh that thing had potential let's dig it up and put it back and they became the Vathras or whatever. Uh, the Varthus. Vashar. The Vashar. And the Vashar are, like Sean mentioned, no change to any of their statistics except they have to choose their, their bonus feat from this book's list of evil feats. Yeah. And that's it. 
It's, it's funny because half the evil feats are just renamed good guy feats. Like Lucky is in here twice as two different feats <laughs> that are both evil. One of them is like a demon thinks uh, is watching my back. And the other one is a devil is watching my back. But they both do the exact same thing as the 3.x Lucky feat. Yeah. There's also, you have to have for several things, just like a chain of feats. Yes. To be like, oh, did you want to unlock some of the evil spells? Well, you better have uh, an evil mark feat, and then you have to get, like, evil tutor, and then evil wizard. (laughs) We live in an evil society. You need that feat, all those, to get to the high level. Well, yeah, the Bashar live in an evil society. They do. One of the neat things about their species is that they are all, like, every kind of evil is the Vashar. They're just like, oh, what we just do evil stuff for evil stuff's sake. Uh, I mean, granted, they got a good backstory for why they would do that, so it's not the stupidest thing in the world. But then they 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 sell themselves short by being like, oh, also their society that they live in is idyllic and perfect. The roads are maintained on time. They don't have ci- they don't have leaders, just civic uh, m- uh, managers and so on. They have urban planners instead of governors, and it works great. <laughs> it's so weird to me that they're like. Every Vasharn is born of rape and anger and pain. All of them wish nothing but greed and selfishness. They love to kill and maim. Uh, but they all hate God mm-hmm. as, uh, like, a racial trait. Yeah. And so that just keeps society together. Like, one of them will come up and be like, oh, I'm going to murder you. And they're like, yeah, but do you want to kill God? And they're like, ooh, I do. I do. Well, if, if you want to kill God, then someone needs to spruce up that river walk so we can have a new harbor district that will increase income re- uh, resources by 3%. Ah, oh, shit, you're right. I should probably go clean up that squid cannery and turn it into a uh, small press beer house. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to be late for my job making pots because... I, I need pottery to kill God, Some, I guess. Well, you know, when God dies, all of his blood's going to have to go somewhere. And that's why <laughs> Into I... these exquisite handcrafted pots. <laughs> Buy them now or I'll kill you. <laughs> I would if you weren't going to help me kill God later. <laughs> uh, and and it's, the... <laughs> it's sad because a society that's like, what is this? It's all just uh, God-hating people that are like no we want to murder god because we hate the idea of an oppressive being that can control our lives Mm -hmm. and they the few times they have clerics they're like oh it's not because they worship it they're literally there to steal the magic from god yeah there's a whole prestige class in this called the ur priest that's just that it is i would say and i'm a connoisseur of these perhaps the worst prestige class i have ever seen (laughs) And there are several in this book that are near that are vying for that title. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing how many of these are awful. There are so many that are like, oh, you want to get into this one? You're going to need like 12 ranks of Knowledge Arcana. This one is best reserved for wizards and clerics. You gain no spells from it, and it's 10 levels. Yes. <laughs> and you'll get some uh, extra sneak attack dice. I'm like, wait, what the what? fuck? Why would I? No, who, <laughs> who is this for? How many people game tested this? <laughs> Yeah, so at least the Vashar, I'm like, the concept could be saved yeah. if, you know, if you aren't just like, oh yeah, they're all evil, they're all pure evil, but somehow still get along for some reason. I think it'd be easier to save the concept if you said that sometimes they are born among regular people. If you did that, if they're like omen kids or something, but the whole Some thing with, time a kid gets born and they're like, "Ooh, I fucking hate God. Oh, I just hate God so much. Uh, like if you if you made them like a genetic marker as opposed to a full on species, because as a species, you're 
evil species are generally either going to have to be ruled by one tyrant, like orcs or something, or be lawful evil so they have a law structure, like drow, or in this case, they should have torn themselves apart forever ago. Yes. And instead, they're just like, ah, they just, you know, didn't. They they really like urban planning. <laughs> they just, you know... <laughs> They're around. It's fine. <laughs> they got a council of elders they and gotta, everything. They got a really... Because, you know, when someone gets old and decrepit, they don't just immediately murder them. Yeah, their PTA participation is at like 67%. You don't know how weird that is. <laughs> All of them recycle. Uh. <laughs> but they recycle evilly. They don't drain all the milk out of the bottle first. <laughs> Now, the Jaren, on the other hand, the evil halflings, their story is just like, there was once a band of merry good halflings, living nomadically as third edition halflings would, would do, and then they lived in a mean evil valley until they were themselves mean and evil. Yeah. Now they're evil and mean. It's just, what is this? Uh, these halflings were beset by goblins. Yeah. And then eventually, in their desperation, they turned to dark evil gods and magic and... Uh, as soon as they started to win, they just went, ah, fuck it, we're evil now, and just murdered everyone, committed a genocide, and was like, that's our thing now. Mm -hmm. Now we as a people are all evil. Does that count for respeciation? Yeah, sure. We'll say it does. Yes. Yeah, we can't breed with halflings anymore. We're too evil. That's right. We got so evil by killing these goblins. Really? I thought goblins were themselves evil. Shouldn't that be a good act? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't read the start of the book. This is for DMs only. <laughs> you fuck off. <laughs> I love the idea that an evil halfling with no rule differences between them and a good halfling is something that you would want to reserve for the DMs eyes only. And it's, again, just a lightfoot halfling yep. from D&D, &D, except I think you get... Is there anything you get? No, for this? there's literally nothing. They get the exact same halfling luck power that was the thing that third edition halflings got. Yeah, that's true. Yep. They and are. their favorite multi-class is rogue exactly because why not? Like halflings. Yeah. They are literally just halflings with a different name and an edgy backstory. Uh-huh. And they count as a new species, which is like, why would that be DM facing only? Why would if this book is only intended for DMs, why would it go, Jaren, tell your players that this is halflings but different and evil? They're not, though. They're just evil halflings. You know, that save us a page. Yeah. I don't need <laughs> stats for these if all it is is, I don't know, make some halflings. Have them be like, I'm going to eat you. Ah, I'm going to get you with my weird little teeth. I I'm going to velociraptor you in a hayfield. I think the only thing that's different is on their plus two bonuses. Oh, they have plus uh, two. They have to intimidate, which the regular halfling doesn't. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. It. They wouldn't get it. Yeah, they get they, they have the same stat modifiers. Yeah, but, but they get plus two intimidate, bluff, and move silently instead of hide, bluff, and move silently, I think. That is correct. Yeah, so you're right. There's one. There, that's the one difference. There you worth go. Worth an entire entry. Yep. Just like you have to pick your bonus feet from the vile feats, they're like, eh, good enough for a whole new thing. Now, my secondary favorite thing with the two new species is that the back half of this book is choked with NPCs, and I don't remember seeing either of these races represented among them. <sighs> Sigh. There's plenty of halflings, just none of these ones. Nah, nah we didn't want to use these ones. <laughs> That's for the DM to do. Because they're only in one little valley. You'd stumble <laughs> upon them at some point and go... Wow, that's just a that's just a charnel house of weird halflings, isn't it? I don't want to go in there. That seems like a that seems like a bad neighborhood of halflings. I mean, weirdly, they're all into urban planning, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, we got to get this bone bridge up to code. 
uh, we're going to tear down that old stadium because it wasn't up to, to uh, ADA standards. <laughs> A stands for something other than Americans. Don't worry about it. Don't don't fret. <laughs> I don't even remember what comes after the two species, but I, I mean, I think it's the feet list or something. Uh, no, there's a bunch of shit in here. Oh, right. I think it's because there's like, drugs. Yeah, no, there's a whole list of like. Here are example villains you could use. Okay, yeah. Where it is just them going like, hey, I've made a PC. Here's yeah, here, one you could use. Here's one. That's my least favorite kind of D&D splat book, by the way, is when they just choke it up with, with here, we made some PCs using the PC making rules. I guess you can fucking have them. Yeah. You know, and- we took away the funnest part of this for the DM and just did it ourselves. Fuck you, I guess. And also, all of them are like, what's this? CR20. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess I'll never use that. What's the lowest level one you have? CR fourteen. Fuck you. Yeah. I think it starts with what's his name, the Dread Emperor. Yeah. And the, the Dread Emperor twenty. The G- the Dread Emperor's deal is he's one of those you can't touch this type villains where his entire build is based around how you can't. He's you know taped babies to himself. <laughs> yeah. He's literally that. Like literally that. He lives in a special super guarded castle on the ethereal plane that only he knows how to get to he's weird and mysterious and occasionally comes out of his castle to sell an artifact or something but no one fucks with him because he wears special super powerful golden armor that four children are chained to and if he takes any damage it is shared amongst him and the children Mm -hmm. so if you ever try and attack him he's like oh ho but you are killing these innocent children yes and you kind of go, oh, okay, he's a puzzle villain. I get it. Like, sure. And then you go back. When you get to the magic item table list for this book, you can find the entirety of the Dread Emperor parted out to, like, five magic items that he has. Yep. They're like, oh, here's the belt he has with the chains for the kids. Mm-hmm. Here's the armor that lets you do the thing where you share damage. Here's a ring that makes it easier for him to control the kids. So you can put him in a stupor so that they just walk along behind you. Yeah, because if you just have the armor, then whoever you chain to it is way hard to control. So you have to have the armor, the belt, so you can actually have people chained to it, and the ring to make them subservient, so you can chain them to your armor. And it, like, he, I think there's at least two more. I think he's a helmet that does something too. Uh, he has a shield, and I think that might be it. That might know. be, yeah. But but yeah, it, you find out that the, the whole character, like the entirety of the Dread Emperor, is gear he's wearing. Yes, all of which it's is just a level twenty character with these things on. Yes. And he is inscrutable and mysterious and not especially evil, according to his description. Like, yeah, granted, he has slave kids strapped to him to eat any damage he takes. But what does he do when he comes to our plane? He just tries to sell and buy stuff and then leave. He goes shopping and then heads home. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh, I guess we should stop this guy because he's got kids on him. Like, that's a good reason. But also, it's not like, oh, yes. For it is foretold that every 12 moons, the Dread Emperor comes and enacts a terrible price. No. No. What he does is offer great prices on these magical items. Magic swords. Magic half swords. Magic full swords. Spare children. Do you need a kid? I got them for you. (laughs) Come on down to the Dread Emperors. I'm crazy. (laughs) They don't give him a motivation. All he is is a list of defenses. Yeah, it's just like, well, what if you try and fuck with this guy this way, you can't because of this reason. He's just that. And there's no like, well, what the fuck is he doing? Like, what's what's his what's his end game? Is he does he seek conquest or what do we? Nope. He just just seeks to, I don't know, buy and trade. 
Does he have a pattern we can use to learn when he's going to show up to try and take him out? Nope, completely random. And if he catches wind that adventures are going to kill him, he just won't show up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good. All right. Well, it, the book comes with, at this point, three. Uh, well, technically four, because one of the entries is two people. Yeah. But it comes with three entries, and all of them are just there to showcase something in the book. So the Dread Emperor is just to show the evil equipment they have. Yeah, specifically the evil equipment called the X of the Dread Emperor equipment. Then they have Sidal and Gadaris, which is just there to show off their new prestige classes. Yeah, they're a Cancer and Vermin mage, respectively. And then you have uh, Anestri to show off their new rules for demon possession. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what Anestri... Is that the dragon? It's a dragon. Yeah, That's it's possessed a dragon by that, a demon. Yeah, and it also a little bit of the drug use stuff. Yeah, because it's like, oh, and in order to keep it from trying to break free of the possession... The demon has used its possessing ability to make the dragon take drugs that don't exist anywhere near it, and it just has, like, a little demon servant come through a portal and bring it a daily dose of drug. A drug called Luhix. Uh, and just to keep the dragon stupefied on stupid drugs, although Luhix, I believe, is just a strength enhancer. They have this problem. They have the same problem you always get with drugs in, in role-playing games, which is they're like, drugs are irredeemably evil and the stupidest thing anyone could do. But if you take this one, you get plus one D10 constitution for an hour. And I'm like, you know what, what like fucking heroin does? It, does, it doesn't boost any of your stats. Yeah, no, if I... <laughs> I I might think I'm smarter on cocaine, but my intelligence did not go up. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> not for an hour, not with a secondary lower intelligence game for 1D2 hours. It just made you crazy and high for a while. Yep. They always do that. Every They can't help themselves because how else do you represent drugs in a role-playing game uh, other than that was a bad idea and you shouldn't have done that and now you're addicted to it, Like, which is the right way to do it. Yes. <laughs> like... Maybe, maybe you could be like, this drug helps you, I don't know, fall asleep. It's yeah. nice. Yeah, or, you know, uh, the same drugs exist. You can get fucking ayahuasca, uh, ayahuasca if you want. It's there. Maybe it's got a different name because there's different societies that use it. But if you want hallucinogens, they work like hallucinogens. But games never do that. The drugs are always, first of all, they're always given the stupidest possible names. Oh, yeah. They're always, you know, oh, this one's called Brain Razor. This one's called Purple Blue. Uh, and, and then what do they do? Well, they make you smarter and faster and stronger for a while. <laughs> That's what they all are. And it's never close to what real drugs are like. And John, <laughs> drugs are like that. Drugs are also like that. <laughs> Uh, drugs are like that too. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can skip over a lot of the shit that's in here. Uh, there's a whole new section of diseases because again, similarly boring. It's all just all right. What's this? This is a disease. It has a DC, and it will fucking murder you. Cool. What's the next one? The same with a different name and a different DC, and it will murder you, or it will give you a bunch of debilitating stat conditions. The reason there's so many in this book is because uh, several of the spells have a new type of material component, which is you must have this disease to cast this spell. And also there are at least two of the prestige classes that are disease focused and you can catch diseases and just not suffer the bad effects, but do get the, the visible, the visual side effects. Yeah. It looks like you have the disease, but you aren't debilitated by yeah, it, but you are still contagious with it. That's the idea is you become yes. like, 
oh, I have 17 diseases and I'm contagious with all of them, but I won't die from them. Yeah. Hey, look at me. I'm a plague marine. Yeah. A lot, <laughs> a lot of plague marine in this. <laughs> I mean, there are only a couple in here that I was actually like, oh, that's interesting. Like, there's a disease that's just, you were so angry for so long that now you caught anger. Yep. <laughs> yeah, several of them are diseases that are just like emotional states. Uh, there's one that is faceless hate that if you die from it, you come back to life as Slender Man. <laughs> I like the one that's just, uh, if you get this disease, your flesh falls off in droplets and you become a skeleton and die. Oh, yeah. You're just like, what do you have? Oh, I've got fucking like soul sickness or whatever yeah and it just what happens oh i liquefy i just turn into goop and and fall off my skeleton and die that's done done yeah unless I just, you're i have melting fury that's it yeah i just melt <laughs> you just, i'm melt man you just melt you just got dipped <laughs> that's it uh-huh and then there's there's uh the immediately after the uh, disease list is the drug list which again we already basically talked all of them are just like this is you have to get like mushrooms from the fey and then huff the gas that comes off the mushrooms farts and it'll make you more dexterous for a little while but less wise and its addiction level is medium yeah it's some of them at least are like oh you take this and it kind of fucks you up but you feel nice and you're like okay but a lot of it is what's Stat this boosters. oh well initially uh you have to make a saving throw and if you don't then you get I don't know, plus two alchemical bonus to an ability score. You're like, okay. Yeah, that sounds great. I sure. would love that. And you say that's evil to do that for some reason? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, half the time, the reason something in this book is evil, like, I feel like they wrote out the rules without worrying about whether they were evil or not. Like, guys, is plus two dexterity evil? Oh, no, no, it isn't. Okay, how do we make it evil? Uh, the material component for this is, I don't know, the severed finger of a child that's still alive. They're super evil. I mean, one of them uh baccarin is just a pasty substance and its ingredients are numerous and difficult to obtain no <laughs> specifics on it but all it does is you initially take some strength damage but you get uh a wisdom bonus for a d10 plus 15 minutes huge slam on morena baccarin out of nowhere to call her a pasty substance right i mean i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say she looks better than you do author <laughs> Uh, you can get the devil weed and it gives you wisdom damage, but makes you stronger. Yeah, they're all just that. They're not very, most of them have stupid requirements for what they're made of. They can't just be like, you know, because they're, they can't just be like, you dig this up in the woods. It's fine. You know, medieval drugs were a real thing and here's a list of them and you can have them. No, they have to be like, you have to cut the horn off a unicorn and bury it in the heart of a different unicorn and and then when you do that the tears of the first unicorn will be a drug that if you put it in water and then huff the steam that comes off that then you can see a third unicorn it's like why this is so convoluted <laughs> ah Terran brandy a potent alcohol made from the distilled essence of the dying fey okay yeah sure right but it gives me plus two effective caster level? Well, fuck you. Let's milk some fey. Sometimes the, uh, it's like they couldn't think of that many things to do. Because one of the things I found amusing in here was just a list. And I'm, I'm sorry if I'm jumping around. I don't have the book in front Whatever. of me. But one of the things in this book was just a list of extra material components. Yep. Like if you'd like to just throw some more material components at a spell, uh, then maybe they'll do this or that. And it's funny because all of them have these like super low chances of doing anything. But they're like crazy expensive, hard to get ingredients. 
it's yeah because they're all like oh if you use a chromatic dragon heart as a component there's a 30 percent chance it'll do plus 2d6 damage it's worse than that i believe no i'm I'm reading reading it it? oh okay because uh, there's like a thing about... Oh, but it has to be from a dragon of at least 15 hit dice. Yeah, you have to kill some fucking straight up elder dragon. And the best part about this is the component price listing where it lists an elder dragon from a chromatic dragon, the heart, six gold pieces. How? <laughs> what? Uh, what amused me is that right underneath the chromatic dragon one, which I could have sworn increased the save DC of spells and didn't increase the damage... So maybe it was like a demon soul or something, a stone or something that did that. There was some crazy powerful item that said, like, this is a 30% chance to increase the save DC of the spell you cast on a victim by one. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's crazy for something that, like, demon stone or something. The one right after that was larval soul. This one automatically increases the save DC of a spell by two. Larval souls can be found in the abyss. Yep. And it's like, well, but are they harder to find? Are they rarer than the previous thing? It feels. Well, let me tell you. A larval soul is 250 gold pieces. Mm. A metallic dragon heart is seven. (laughs) (laughs) Who is killing all of these dragons? Those are the good guy dragons, so I get why they're they're killing them. But, like, I feel like they're worth more. Like, if you manage to catch track down and murder a 15 hd silver dragon and you're like great now i'm gonna break up this dragon like i'm the guys on the pete's dragon singing that one song that money 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 by the town song that's the only good part of that movie uh like i'm gonna get more for the heart the heart's the good bit also if you're if you're gonna get evil spell components a humanoid finger costs one copper piece but a whole humanoid hand costs three. So really, you want to buy in yeah, bulk. Yeah, definitely want to buy in bulk. <laughs> Get that hand parted out. Yeah. That's like that. I think there was an old 3.x Murphy rule. Murphy, by the way, is just whenever there's a rule in a, in a game that doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. It's a something awful thing. But there's one for regular 3.x where ladders are significantly more expensive uh, or less expensive than 10-foot poles. So they were saying you could literally set up a thriving business of purchasing ladders, breaking them in half, and then selling the two 10-foot poles for more than the value of the individual ladder. <laughs> but here we see it again. Buy a human hand. Bust it up. You just made three-fifths more than you paid. It, just keep doing that. It is amazing to me the the fact that the only things that are remotely expensive are the two souls you can buy, either a larval soul or one in a receptacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, even our most modestly priced receptacle is still 250 gold. <laughs> or liquid pain is 200, but everything else is like, oh, did you need some demon flesh? Five gold. Why not? Everywhere. Why are there costs for any of this shit anyway? It's DM facing. Why would the DM need to know? Need to know? Well, okay, I'm going to have this guy cast a spell, and the save DC is going to be one higher than normal, but... Does he have 200 gold with which to purchase a larval soul? Hmm. I mean, also, interesting to note, (laughs) a demon's heart three times as expensive as a chromatic dragon heart. Why? I I, I mean, I guess that dragons live on the material plane, so theoretically their availability should be higher. But you, for a demon's heart, it only needs to be six hit dice. Oh, yeah. So at that point... You can get that shit off of Balurgleru or whatever. I mean, it has to basically just not be a main. Oh, yeah. 
or a dretch, or I don't know. I never remember the differences between which sides which in the in the uh, the blood wars and the Tanari. Yeah, in in the uh, in the blood wars, I I I can kind of remember which which of the larger demons and devils are what, like on what side. But the little baby ones, I'm like, well, there's two. Both of them have a little lump and thing. (laughs) Tell me what a Glabrazoo is in. Yeah. What's uh, a what's a corn you gone and how does it stand up to an Aussie luff? I don't know. A Gelagon is probably a devil. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, it means a lot to somebody. Uh, I mean, at least all the things we just said are definitely real. We didn't we didn't just say like a snurpaderf or whatever. And call oh it, yeah, yeah, those are all things. Yeah, all the ones we said were real things. I uh, I like that. Then we get our vile feats. Which are all just so sad. Hey, did you want boost spell resistance? Well, now you can get it in evil form. Okay. Yeah, there's a bunch of the basic meta magic feats, but now with evil tags. And also, this is the only smart part: is most of the uh, if if there's a spell like ability or if there's something that's like a meta magic feat, there's now a function to apply it with a feat to a spell like ability or supernatural ability instead. Yes. So if you're adding feats to you a can monster, do an empower spell like ability. Yeah, to make a monster better, which makes sense. That's a good idea. Although again. If you're DM facing, do you really need bonus feats for your monster? Couldn't you just make your monster better? Hey, like instead no. of having to have a feat, a feat pool from which to draw, but like and a number of feats, it's it's so convoluted. Hey, well, you know what's real evil though? Being obese. That's one of the feats in here. Yeah, obesity, which notably has a rider that says if you take the obesity mutation, then you can't take the gaunt mutation. Oh, yes. Well, it's a deformity. Okay, not Defor- a mutation. Sorry, deformity. Because you have to, as a prerequisite, take willing deformity as a feat, which is just a plus two deformity bonus on intimidate checks. By the way, obesity, by if you take the deformity of obesity, then you... It, oh, it's straight great if you're not playing a dex class. It's plus two con, minus two dex. I'll go, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm I'm a big fat guy, and I don't feel like I have more constitution than I did when I was a little thin guy. Yeah. I feel like I have significantly less because I'm carrying around a lot of fat guy. Yep. Well, that's <laughs> probably because you're not evil and fat. I should be... Mm, mm, eh. I mean, I don't wish you any specific harm. And again, the deformity for being gaunt is, ooh, if you're skinny, you get plus two dex minus two con. Mm -hmm. And a plus two circumstance bonus on escape artist checks and intimidate checks. Yeah, well, that's because you're going to be able to tell people that they play a good game, boy. (laughs) Ah, I do play a good game, boy. (laughs) It's an advance with the backlight. (laughs) They're expensive now. Ugh. Yeah, and those are those factor into one of the prestige classes. If you're a chosen of Orcus or whatever it is, then uh, the, then you get you at a certain level of your progression up that prestige class. You have to choose one of the two and take it because he, he either wants you to be a big fat guy or a or skinny nasty guy. Yeah, you want he wants you to be a little skeleton guy or he wants to, you to be a big gross fat guy. Yeah, like you could pick them otherwise, but they're in the bonus feat pool and automatically assigned to you at a certain level if you chose that one prestige class. That's the primary reason they're in here. Oh yeah, the. <laughs> The prerequisites for a lot of them are just, oh, you have to be evil. Yeah. Uh, All of the deformity ones where it's like, you've got deformed eyes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my eye got scarred and now I'm evil. Awesome. (laughs) Cool. I love when they, the the ones like eye deformity is like requires you to be evil and you're like, I guess good people don't suffer eye damage. Is that what you're saying? Well, they can, but they don't benefit from it in any way. They don't get anything special, but if you're evil, you can see the invisible for one minute per day. All right. Sure. That makes perfect sense. And 
Then, of course, the other ones, there's uh, a few that you need the evil brand for, mm-hmm. which is a feat you have to take that's just, I don't know, you've got a big horny tattoo on you and everyone knows. <laughs> if somebody sees your back and it's like, yeah, I got two demons fucking, you're like, oh, everyone knows you're evil. <laughs> two demons fucking, I don't know, Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> That's right. I've got two demons high-fiving over the back of Mrs. Buttersworth. And that That's an evil brand. And now I get a plus two circumstance bonus on diplomacy and intimidate checks against evil creatures. Notably, specifically, Mrs. Buttersworth is an evil bl- brand. Mrs. Butterworth is a good brand. Yeah. That's the difference. That S is for evil. The, the S is for Satan. <laughs> He's right there in the middle of Mrs. Buttersworth, high-fiving everybody else. <laughs> It's weird because the other two were demons. You'd think they wouldn't like him. Uh, by repeatedly committing perverted sex acts with the undead, you can get the lich-loved feet. That's right. Yes, you get one specifically for fucking the undead enough. Yeah. And notably, no specification for what kind of undead, which means you can get lich-loved by fucking enough sexy, sexy vampires. Or liches. Yeah. Wink. <laughs> or mummies. Yeah. Just go to town. Liches will love, liches love it when you fuck mummies. <laughs> Liches love Cool J. (laughs) Well, everyone loves Cool J, including liches. But all it does for you is mindless undead see you as undead, and you might get a plus one circumstance bonus on stuff like poison and sleep and all the things that undead are immune to. No, I I get it, but I like the idea that undead start to see you as undead, and it gives you a bonus to fuck them. (laughs) You get a plus two seduce bonus. Like... Hey there, mommy. And he's like, oh, oh, that's the undead town bike. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll go throw it a shot. God, (laughs) it's a self-defeating feat. All it does is if you fuck enough undead, you get good at it. (laughs) Yeah, practice makes perfect. (laughs) This also introduces the concept of vile damage into the game, which is basically... Almost untyped, because it's just ways to get around people's resistance. Well, it always replaces a typed damage type. So, yeah, so, so it's always like, oh, if you do a 6d6 fireball, and you have the corrupt spell metamagic, you're like, ooh, 3d6 of that is vile damage. Yeah, so vile damage is very similar to what another game might call aggravated damage, in that it can't be healed under uh, most conditions. To heal the vile damage, it has to be healed under... The uh, in a location that is under the auspices of a bless effect or a hollow spell. Yeah, you have to be on hollowed ground mm-hmm. if you want to heal someone's vile damage. And what's amusing is that right off the bat, you can tell that the book is skewing a little spellcastery where they're like, if you take vile weapon attack, then you add one vile damage to any damage you did with your weapon. But if you take the vile metamagic feat, half the damage from that spell is vile damage. Yep. <laughs> It gets especially convoluted when you start getting towards the, uh, some of the prestige classes will change damage, like some of your damage to unholy. Uh So if you're like, well, I'm playing as an Ur priest or something. So when I cast call fire, uh, it, it does 4d6 fire, 3d6 unholy, but half of the unholy is vile and not unholy. So it does three damage types and I have to roll three different pools of dice. And you got to know which is which. Yeah. Uh, I like that they did, because of the vile thing, they're like, oh, we got to give it to everyone. We also have vile key strike. <laughs> yeah, so if you play an evil monk. If you're an evil monk, which we did not put any other support for in here. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite stupid things I saw in the feats is there's one that's just like, 
claws. I think there's actually two that are just well, like claws. Well, it's deformity hands where yeah. your hands are claws now. And it says uh, when you have this, you get a weapon damage type equal to like that, that's based on your it's size. It's a D6. Yeah, it, but it says uh, also you always count if you're unarmed, you always count as armed with this feat. And then it goes on to have an additional rider that's like, when unarmed, stuff like, this will happen or this happen. I was like, but you're never unarmed. It says right there that if you're unarmed, you count as armed. Well, it's, you don't provoke attacks of opportunity when attacking unarmed. You can't attack unarmed. The, la- the previous sentence was that you're no longer unarmed, ever. So why would you start the next sentence with, when unarmed, you don't suffer attacks of opportunity. Oh, you, you can aren't unarmed. Areas even when unarmed. <laughs> but I'm not unarmed. You're never unarmed again. <laughs> Why would you write it like that? That's bad. That's a bad thing. <laughs> I know I'm being pedantic, but if you're going to use typing as your system, fucking commit to it and just be like, you're never unarmed anymore. You can't, it, all the shit that would that would affect an unarmed thing doesn't affect you. Moving on. Instead of like, here's a list of things. and That could have affected you if you were. And you won't be. <laughs> and we won't even say it. We Like if they were to write like, that means, for example, if you were uh, to provoke an unarmed, if you were to attack unarmed to provoke an attack of opportunity, you don't because you're armed. Instead, it just says you wouldn't. You wouldn't provoke attacks of opportunity anymore. It's a different thing than the previous sentence, which would cover this entirely. Yeah, here's a special <laughs> writer onto that whole thing. Let me add an edge case that is completely unnecessary. That's I don't know why that bothered me so much when I read that. I was like, ugh, what the fuck? I don't know. Commit to the bit, dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> Many uh, of whom I like the work of. Dickheads. A lot of you were real edgy in 2002. Well. <laughs> I mean, weren't we all? It was a tough year. Uh, so we get into our prestige classes. And, I mean, how long have we been going at this? How much time should we be spending on these prestige classes? Holy shit, we've already talked for a fucking hour. Yeah. I would not have guessed. I would have. You want to just... This is not a good enough book to be a two-parter. <laughs> I deny that. I don't want to do a whole next hour next week on just prestige classes. So let's just break it down simply. Half of the prestige classes you can set aside. They are something of God X. Oh, yeah. So there's an entire section where it's just, you are the disciple of, and it's one of the nine lords of hell. Yes. And all of them are like, great, what do you get? Some sort of bonus to some type of casting, and then whatever their thing is all about. Yeah. And, you know, to, to break down, I'll, I'll make do this in relatively simple terms because I don't remember which prestige class was stupid in which way for the most part. But a lot of them don't give you even every other level for, for uh, spell progression. It'll be things like you gain an extra level of spell progression at the first, fourth, seventh and tenth levels of this prestige class. Or my favorite wizard should take this prestige class. You don't get any fucking spells. Fuck you. Or the cleric one, the Ur priest, where you don't learn spells from a priest. Uh, from from your god instead you steal them from uh, other people's gods you have to forsake all spell levels you previously had and get new ones but you did need spell levels to forsake yes so you had to level up in cleric to get i think at least to fifth level cleric to do this and then abandon everything you got from being a first level cleric and start gaining spells like an evil bard oh yeah i mean the uh diabolist or the demonologist. Mm-hmm. I mean, the demonologist is like, what is this? Oh, it's someone who's devoted to summoning demons. Cool. You, It's all caster stuff, except it doesn't stack. You just start over with a new caster class. Yep. Now you're also like a demonologist, and now you get first level demonologist spells and second level ones when you get to that. Yeah. 
So it's, congratulations, it's, you got 10 levels of a different non-stacking casting class. Yeah, it's really interesting because it feels like, I mean, I know 2002, they should have been pretty well-versed in how to write prestige classes, and you can see they are. Like, most of these require fifth level something. There's one I thought was interesting. In addition to the nine that are a disciple of some demon lord, there are three for being, or devil lord, there are three for being the chosen of some demon lord. Mm-hmm. So you can be the chosen of Grazit, uh, Orcus, or, or Demogorgon. The Demogorgon one had the most interesting uh, requirement I've ever seen because it was like, this one, we really want you to be multi-class to get into it. Demogorgon likes multi-class people because he got two heads. He got multi-head. So he likes the multi. And I was like, oh, cool. Are they going to require you to have at least two levels of different classes? No, it's just really low requirements. You get into this with anything. A bard could be this by like third level. But they're like, no, don't do it. You should be multi-classed. It should be hard to get to this. I do like that they included a bunch of stuff that at least pay lip service to the this is for DMs thing because there's prestige classes that are like, you have to be an outsider. You have to be a vampire. Yeah. You have to be a monstrous humanoid. I thought that was funny with the vampire one. Was that the the life drinker? Yeah. The life drinker's whole deal is like, well, what are they? What is a life? Because this is like accelerated vampire. You're just a better vampire. Yeah. This Uh, is vampire plus. so, So what... Are they? Well, they're really, really ancient vampires that have learned all of the secret tricks and trades of being a rad vampire, according to the write-up. What are the requirements? Oh, you need to be like a fifth-level cleric that is a vampire. Yeah, as long as you're a vampire. As long as you're a vampire, you're fine. So are you ancient? Is there a requirement that you have to be like a vampire that's 200 years old or something? Nah. No, you just have to be a vampire (laughs) and have six ranks in knowledge arcana and spellcraft. Six ranks means it's always... Uh, ranks minus three is what level you need to be to have that. So that means you need to be a third level something or other. Super ancient. Oh, yeah. As long as I'm a, I don't know, a level three <laughs> wizard <laughs> vampire. Cleric, yeah. Great. You're done. in. <laughs> we, you- of course, get our cancer mage in here, which is... That's the uh, all the diseases guy. The disease one, which at least has a couple interesting things in it. Oh, several of these have cool powers because they're monsters and they don't really have to worry about whether or not they're balanced. No, it's... <laughs> also, the main thing with this is you are a cancer mage, but you don't really get plus to your spell casting levels the same yeah, as you would. They use mage liberally in here. <laughs> yeah, because you get bonus uh, sneak attack dice. Yes, it's best for rogues to be cancer mages. It's weird. But they also get some cool things that like help you with being a wizard as well, because it's like, oh, you can make an entire armor made out of insects. Like, you're just disgusting... And when someone hits you, you're like, ah, oh, you just hit a layer of worms. Yeah. It's, it's amusing to me the stuff that was in the Cancer Mage list. One of the things, I, I and stop me if I'm wrong, because there are two prestige classes, Cancer Mage and Vermin Lord, yep. which feel like they share far too much connective tissue and DNA that they should have just been one prestige class. Because Cancer Mage, you start getting, you're like, oh, I get it. You're like a, a plague marine. You have lots of sicknesses. You're covered in festering boils, but you're not dying from them. And you go throughout the world spreading rotten disease. And you uh, have a sentient tumor that yeah. is your friend. Also, you get bug armor. Meanwhile, Vermin Lord gets bug armor and spreads disease everywhere. And you're like, why aren't these one <laughs> thing? But the thing that they can't, I, I don't remember which one gets it. John will be able to correct because he's got the book in front of him. One of them just gets better armor. You're just like, well, if you're a cancer mage, you can make tattered Amalian armor, which is light armor with a plus four armor bonus, a max dex bonus of five, 
and uh, only a 20% spell failure chance. Peep that. That's better than regular armor. And I'm like, why would a, why would a diseased mage have that? What is, was it? Don't worry about it. It's just because they're they're rotting mummy looking things. Well, yeah, because you're supposed to look like you've got scraps of cloth and you're just, you know, you're you're a little rag man. Yeah, but if you commit to the bit that that's supposed to be a monster class, why not just say they get a plus four circumstance armor bonus at that level instead of being like they can make a special kind of gross armor that only they can wear? Because Cancer Mage is very much a this is for PCs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but they also get... Because they get the Tatterdemalion thing where it's like, ooh, at third level mage, you can get, you know, a good armor that you can wear. All right, well, what happens at seventh? You get insect armor, and now you're just covered in bugs and get plus four natural armor. The two do stack because... uh, Yeah, because you can have that and light armor. Yeah, so the two stacks. You end up with a plus eight effective AC from being this type of weird, gross disease wizard. Yep. Um, They also get to make sentient diseases mm -hmm. that they can... Uh, take one of their own intelligence points, put it into a disease, and whoever it infects, they get to spy on it yeah, until they, like they get cured. See through their eyes and all that stuff, but they stay dumber. They can do it with one point of their intelligence at first, but later they can literally spend as much intelligence as they want to to turn themselves into a cloud of diseases and spy well, on people. Yeah, they have create a whole bunch of diseases at every intelligence point they want to do. Yeah. And then the... Tenth level is you turn into a disease. Yeah, you get the Mad Madam Mim killing power. Yeah. Where you turn into a virus and you affect Mad Madam Mim. Yep. And it, it you're basically immune to damage because you're a microscopic disease. Yeah, but if someone casts cure disease on the guy you're in, ooh, buddy, you get pained. I can't imagine a situation where you'd use that power to go into somebody. Well, because then you get to ride along and spy on them. Yeah, or you could just move with wind speed and be like, fuck it, I'm a disease and I'm immune to all damage. My capstone ability is turning into no damage can get me. It's much better. Uh, Wow. I was just looking at the requirements to be a thrall of Demogorgon, and man, you're right. You could do that like level one. Yep. (laughs) Oh, no, wait, you do need a base attack bonus of plus four. Okay. That's the only thing stopping you. Yeah, that means you can pretty much do it by being a level four fighter. But you have to be able to cast first level spells or make sneak attacks. Ah, that's fair. So they really do a good job of forcing you into being multi-class, I guess. You know, or waiting for a while. Right. Then uh, there are a huge list of the demon lords and the devil gods. And uh, when you know it, all the, also they all have stats so you can go beat them up. And I got to say, there is nothing to me more tiresome than high CR monsters in third edition D&D. Oh, yeah. they're just like, this is a list of spell-like abilities this monster knows. Light, no light, fireball, grease, Tasha's uncontrollable hideous laughter, all of the second level spells, fireball, invisibility. He's like, Jesus Christ, it's not going to cast 75 spells before it's dead. Pick a list of the interesting ones and write that down. And for several of the, most of the demon and devil lords in this book, it'll be like, here's a list of spells they can cast whenever they want. Here's a different list of spells that they have memorized. And you're like, so he knows like 230 spells. Yeah, yeah, why not? Well, it's a CR 32 encounter. Yeah, but even then, it's a fucking encounter. He's never going to cast rope trick. <laughs> you don't need to write that shit down. I would love if you managed to fight Demon Gorgon for so long that he's like, what do I have left? What do I got? Rope trick? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Take that, Levistus. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, Leoman's tiny hut. Well, we're both going to go somewhere else for a bit. Come back and start over. <laughs> 
Why? Just put down a list of shit they do to players and call it a day. But that was third edition. Third edition needed to build everything as if it was going to be a player character. Oh, yeah. Now we have a list of the new spells that we have. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I know we're way over already, but definitely the thing to talk about with the spells is the opening paragraph where it's like, most of the spells in this book have the evil writer. Not nearly enough of the spells in the player's handbook actually had the evil writer, even if they should have. Here's a short list of well, things to add it to. what is evil? Why, I believe it depends on your intent yes. and the use that you could use it for. Yeah. And at the end of it is just, oh, uh, these spells are now evil. Contagion, Death Watch, Desecrate, Doom, and Trap the Soul. Those all now have the evil tag. Yeah, add that to them. But there's a whole thing where it's like, what's the difference between a spell that does, like, shriveling is their example, which is a spell that causes a person to wither away, versus fireball. Are these two spells, is one of them evil and the other one isn't? One of them burns you alive, the other one causes you to wither away and die. Neither of those is a good way to die. But they, they, they say... Fireball could potentially be used for non-murder purposes or non-painful killing purposes, which I call bullshit on. Being burned to death sucks. Yeah, well. Uh, there's a reason they did that to witches. It wasn't because it was efficient. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they're like, yeah, because this spell has potential utility and because it doesn't already have the evil tag. And let's go ahead and say it out loud, even though the book won't. Because it's been a spell since first edition, it's not evil to fireball people to doom, but shrivel is. <laughs> And then we go through the list, and half the spells are shit like get plus two strength, evil rider. And you're like, why? Why does that have evil rider? Because you need the bone of a child to cast it. Oh, well, I guess that does make it evil, but otherwise it's just bull strength. God, there is a new category of spells that are corrupt spells as well. Mm -hmm. uh, these ones, as part of their casting cost, all have you take some damage. Yes. Uh, stat damage. But a level one spell is straight up, you make a touch attack, and if they fail their fort save, their eyes explode <laughs> and splash acid on all of the bad guys around them and themselves, and you take a d6 points of con damage. But I'm like, level one, I can walk up to a dude and go, boop, and his eyes explode and he is blind and then takes a D6 acid and everyone in a burst one takes D6 one acid. One of the best pieces of art in this book is a picture of some weird demon-y thing using, I think it's called uh, Rapture in Rupture uh, on on Tordek, the, the classic three, third edition iconic dwarven fighter. Yeah. And he's just like popping all over like he was full of blood balloons. Uh. <laughs> it looks nasty as hell. It's a great shot. Uh. But yeah, I, I, most of them just have silly, too edgy for you names. And when they don't make, like, one of my favorites is a bard spell that's just called No Light. What does No Light do? Well, it's light, but not. You know, like, if you cast it, it cancels out a light spell. And also, it creates a darkness in an area that regular lights won't fix. Only a light spell will fix it. And I was like, bitches, <laughs> light in the PHB included as part of its write up, the darkness, the opposite spell of light that did exactly what no light does. You can't just put it back in here, call it no light, and give it an evil tag. <laughs> uh, fuck you, we can. <laughs> we got page space to fill. Huh? Uh, it's so interesting to me, the things that they decided were like, ooh, this could be a low-level spell, and then what's a high-level spell? Because, like, having a low-level spell where a dude's eyeballs explode 
And then having like a ninth level spell where it's you turn one D four people into lycanthropes. And I'm like, who gives a fuck? I love that one. It gives you a list of a random roll table to see what lycanthropes they turn into. And it includes some of the lycanthropes that are neutral, good, or just not bad, like werebores. And it still is like, oh, whoops, can't do that. Uh, if you do it, they all go nuts and attack everything near them immediately. There we go. That fixed that. Problem there solved. There we go. Okay, never mind. Uh, the other ninth level spell I thought was amusing was the one that was like a big beast squishing hand effect. I don't remember what it's called, but all it does is create a big hand that, that appears 30 feet in the air and then goes squash, squash, squash. And you're like, okay, that that's just force damage. If you're telling me that that's evil, but Bigby's crushing hand isn't, yep. then then how does it, why is that evil? It's just a big punch from a hand. It's like using a ring of the ram on somebody. Oh, well, don't worry. It's because it requires a cleric severed hand to cast it. Yes, the crushing fist of spite. Yes. Uh, of course, let's not forget the other level nine wizard spell. Mind Rape. Yeah, <laughs> who could forget Min Drape? Ah, uh, Min Drape. <laughs> that's the one that sets the amount of drapes in a room to the minimum value. <laughs> minimum drapes. Yep, that, that's for me, that's what it is. Ugh. <laughs> Some of them, very cool for being like, what's this? Oh, it's an evil spell where you create a cyclone of teeth. And I'm like, neat. Yeah, that's, that's a neat that's... spell for being evil. Yeah, it's got a cool art to it. That's the kind of shit that would show up later in 4th edition as warlock spells. Yeah. That's that's neat stuff. You're like, cool, great. And then other ones are like, what is this? Dancing chains. I I animate a chain. I'm like, you could have just done that with animate object. Yeah. Why is this evil? <laughs> well, to do it, you have to have the the chain of that bound someone while they were tortured. Blech. Yeah. Ugh, too edgy for you. <laughs> I also enjoy that they have spells that are just <laughs> I cast a second level spell and now you're addicted to heroin. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a bard spell I found it's hilarious. It's trick gum. Now you're addicted to heroin. <laughs> there's a bard spell because bards seem to get the majority of the drug related spells. And there's one that's just extract drug. And it's a first level bard spell where you just point at an object and pull drug out of it. And it, it, it has a whole thing where it's like, this weakens the object. If you cast it to extract Sanasa powder from stone, it reduces the stone's hardness by one because you're defiling it. And I was like, wait, does that mean you just gave bards a first level spell that's like basically stone to mud? That's awesome. That, no one's going to use it to take fucking drugs. They're going to use it to weaken doors that are in the way. Uh and they also give you the level one cheat spell. <laughs> that one was hilarious that they added an evil tag to it. All it is is you fuck with probability, which is a whole cl prestige classes in this game dedicated to that aren't evil. But it's like, oh, if you're playing. Oh, you, but this is cheating. Yeah, this is cheating. Uh, you, how do you cheat? Well, you probability works in your favor for a while. It still doesn't guarantee you win. It doesn't count cards or anything like that. It's just like if you're playing a game of chance with a randomized factor, you you can roll twice and take the better result. Great, thanks. Uh-huh, and it's evil. So evil. <laughs> At least that one's just evil. It doesn't have, like, a ridiculous material component to drive it home. And, like, the Consume Likeness spell, which is a corrupt spell, so it does damage to your stats, mm -hmm. is just, you can steal the appearance of a dead person, but it's not perfect. It's just, you get a plus 10 on disguise checks. <laughs> Sixth level spell that does damage to your stats for the record polymorph self is a fourth level spell God alter self it. which is one that just changes your appearance and gives you a plus 10 bonus to disguise is a first level spell fucking consume likeness Ugh. 
I'd rather have consume lichen. Takes 2d6 points of wisdom drain to cast this. That could kill you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so that's the spell list. Ugh. Anyway, after the spell list, it pretty much just goes down into, uh, we already went through the how there's a big list of demons and devils and how they're very boring because you have to fight them and they're horrible descriptions where it's just like, what's up with this one? This one likes to, I don't know, rape puppies or whatever. We also get magic items like the nipple clamp of exquisite pain. pain. The, the nipple clamp of exquisite pain turns all pain you would suffer into pleasure. Oh yeah. You and still take the damage. You're uh, immune to things like the rack spell. Yeah. yeah Great. It's, uh, I think there's more than one of there's, there's another one as well that's just a piece of body mod jewelry where it's just like this is an inherently evil thing only an evil person would use it's the cock ring of devastation <laughs> <laughs> the St. Andrew's cross of total destruction like just I guess they oh, just the decided the studs of hell breath <laughs> yeah that was the other one that was what I was trying to remember where they're just like body mods and BDSM are evil yeah great you have a golden stud in your tongue but now it lets you go i breathe fire <laughs> oh the the one that's tied to the evil humans the vasherin ofal bag oh where that's you have right. a bag of shit that can make a big cockroach come <laughs> it, out it's literally it's called the awful bag like ofal or however you pronounce yeah. that word which is supposed to just be loose meat right yeah that's, just, that's just just dead rotting just, meat just the parts of animals that you don't want to eat is is awful but the awful bag is just a big bag of Poop. It's just it's a, a big shit bag that can magically summon a giant cockroach. And the giant cockroach is just a big cockroach. It has an intelligence of one, and it can follow some basic commands. It understands common. Yeah. It's just like, why? But why, though? Why would you call it the shit bag if it's not full If it's not full of rotting meat chunks? <laughs> why isn't it called the, Vash, the Vashran poop bag with a cockroach in it as well? Ugh. God damn it. <laughs> Then there's a big list of artifacts. I don't want to go into them. They're boring. Yeah. They're, most of them are just cursed opposites of good guy artifacts. Oh, yeah. You get <laughs> things like, oh, what's this? It's the magical cauldron of boiling oil. Fuck it. I don't care. Yeah. There's a, a holy Avenger, but it's the bad guy one. Yeah. There's an unholy Avenger. There's the despoiler of flesh. Yeah. All there's right. there's a list of there's three magic items. There are a crown, a rod, and an orb. That are like from you get the ruby rod of Asmodeus, and he wants to interview you. <laughs> oh man, did that guy belong to Asmodeus? Yeah, apparently, <laughs> ruby rod definitely very for Asmodeus. That makes it more unusual that he had no fire. You think if he worked for Asmodeus, he'd have some fire? <laughs> he would have to be like Corbin, Corbin, I have no fire, or whatever he did, which was a fun. I love that movie. <laughs> good, good. I'm just gonna just gonna say it right here and now. That movie's great. Good. Okay, so anyway, yeah, they're boring. They're not very interesting. There's some artifacts at the back if you want them. And then a list of advice for how to potentially run evil campaigns. Yeah, it's which all of it is like maybe a paragraph. Yeah, it's mostly just like if you want to run an evil campaign, you need a good guy for them to beat up. You're like, yeah, duh. Thanks. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Thank, 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 good thank job. You. <laughs> Indeed, you are correct. <laughs> or maybe they could beat up a different evil guy. I mean, yeah, Even they're going to be evil or Ren. <laughs> I guess you're just you might as well just have listed a, a don'ts list that it said don't have them beat up neutral guys because you otherwise you covered the gamut. Uh. <laughs> uh, I do like that in their list of various monsters that they have in here. A lot of them are just templates. And the template, though, is like 
bone creature. I'm like, yo, that's a skeleton. That already exists, my dude. Yeah. There's a whole list in the monster manual of already things that are skeletals. <laughs> no, so- but now you could be like, I'm a bugbear rogue, but I'm also a bone creature. I'm like, dude, you're still a skeleton. I don't care. <laughs> you're a skeleton that is the skeleton of a bugbear rogue. Or There's- a corpse creature that is a zombie. My dude, we have gone over this. Also, all of those templates already existed with different names. <laughs> zombified skeletal all of those were already templates you could have assigned to monsters in in, in uh 3.x yep but they hey, just changed the names we also added a corrupted creature so i guess you could have a corrupt i don't know wolf yeah yeah right it's big and got mutations and it wants to eat you it's just like a dire wolf but it's eviler yeah it's an even eviler dire wolf yeah great or you can make an apathetic one Ugh. Uh, you want to be, be done? We're, we've been talking for way longer than normal. Yeah, fuck it. I couldn't believe it when I turned around earlier. Oh, no, I assumed we would be because there's so much stupid shit in this. Because <laughs> honestly, my first impression of when I was done with the book was like, that was boring. Because <laughs> my initial thought, my, my original plan for this was, hey, John, let's do Book of Vile Darkness. And then for the next episode, do Book of Exalted Deeds. And that way we can kind of do the evil and then the good and kind of have a, you know, a theme for two weeks in a row or two episodes in a row, whatever. Uh-huh. Now I don't want to. This was boring. And now, fuck it. Yeah. But that was my, when I finished it, I was like, ah, never mind. I'm giving up on that theme. I'll just read a role-playing game like a normal system mastery. Uh, what's your favorite thing about this? I think my favorite thing in the book is honestly probably the Vashar. I was going to say, there's just the story, not the write-up, because their stats are just humans with one change. Yeah, it's just evil human. Yeah. But the idea of, like, humans before there were humans, and they remember the gods and hate them for Mm -hmm. being... Like, one of the parts of the things in there is they have a council of elders because they hate the idea of being ruled by tyranny, and so they're all like super into personal freedom and shit like that and having a society that's like yeah we hate gods because we want free will yeah like we want to murder gods so that our our lives are our own i'm like that's a neat idea for a society to put in your game great I, I, yeah i gotta say i'd also appreciate i mean i don't necessarily need to be evil but i love the no, idea i don't that need them to be evil i love I the idea like that their it. whole their whole through line is i will murder god for creating me yeah i'm so <laughs> angry that god made me that i will hunt him down and murder him I i'm thought like that was, fuck yes that's hilarious uh, i'm gonna say my favorite thing is more or less just kind of the opportunity to read all of the backstories of like the demon and devil lords oh yeah I having was the just nine fun hells right. yeah. be all statted out with their demon lords but Stay tuned, because it was also my least favorite part. Uh, but yeah, uh, just when we were just like, ah, Levistus, he killed Asmodeus's girlfriend during the Reckoning or whatever. So now he's in te- eternally contained in a, a giant glacier and he's stuck in there. And he has like two demons he can kind of communicate with to tell them what to do. He's still in charge of the entire realm, <laughs> yeah. but he just has to tell people what to do tel- telepathically. Yeah, I love that kind of shit. It was kind of a fun read. Uh, all the way from Bell to Asmodeus. It was, and then also Demogorgon, Grazd, and Orcus. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of fun to get, get to read that that neat backstory shit and get into the lore. That was like one of my favorite reading elements of this. What is your least favorite thing in this book? Woof. Uh, God, I feel like probably, probably the torture devices section because it is the most clear example of this didn't need to be yeah. not only in this book. But any book ever. It didn't need to be in D&D. It could have just been a list of torture implements, you know, for 
edification. Be like, thumb screws, those existed. The book is like, oh, a list of torture devices, a dagger. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. fuck off. Needles, a scalpel. Like, there's only oh, two or three of them. poker. Yeah, there are only like two or three of them that are like actual torture devices. Yeah, they it's, like, it's the Iron the, Maiden thumb screws and the jawbreaker. The jawbreaker. And which which let me know that they didn't really go all that deep into torture. We didn't see the wheel. We, no, didn't, we didn't see that we got fucking a rack. Yeah. Well, the wheel is the wheel is something they they thread your arms and legs through it so that they have to break you so you can kind of go in and yeah. out of it. That's fucked up. You didn't see the uh, the pyramid. That's some fucked up. Yeah, granted, I don't think you, anyone wanted to write that up. No, Where they like put your put your fucking butthole on the tip of a giant pyramid and then pull you apart across the sides of it. Yeah. No. There's a lot of fucked up shit that humans have done. Yeah. The fucking the pear. All that. I mean, I went the to a torture is, museum once and I'm still having nightmares. You don't need it in your D&D game. No, of course Even not. Even if you want a villain that's like, yeah, this dude tortures people. Great. You know what you can say? Even if your, you know, PCs aren't like, please, can I X card away from this? Yeah. Even if you do have players that are like, fine, sure, this villain tortures people. There's no reason to include stats for anything because, again, it doesn't do anything to your players except for make them uncomfortable in real life. Yep. And it doesn't do anything to NPCs that you couldn't just as the DM say happens. Yes. You're like, but great, again, you find your friend. They were tortured. They told the villain some stuff. I don't need to know any of this shit. Yeah, this is third edition D&D, though. This is an edition where they're like, hey, farming has a DC. Sometimes farmers fuck up. <laughs> Sometimes you but, go to a farm and they're like, look, I fucked up this season. <laughs> don't know what I was doing. Stupid me. Oops and doops. Why would you need that? If you if you were to say that sometimes farmers fuck up, do, would you need to roll to see if it happened? Or could you just say, as the DM, this farmer fucked up and killed all his cows because he's stupid? Yeah. It, so much of this shit Why is, is like, this... this should be plot that your DM says yeah. rather than things. And yeah. that's a lot of this book, but I think the torture implements specifically are the worst example of an egregious over-the-top, why does this exist? Yes. What is your least favorite thing? When I read first edition's Fiend Folio, which had the list of the demon and devil lords in it, mm-hmm. uh, I remember that there was only one female of uh, on either side of any of them, Glazia, the daughter of Asmodeus. She's still in here, but they've also gone out of their way to be like, okay, there's a few more female leaders in these worlds because we wanted to do something. There are two de- demon or devil lords now that are women. One's a night hag. <laughs> One of them is a night hag. She's called like the red hag or something. And uh, the other one is, I think her name is Fienra or Fiera or something. And uh, both of them have their power because they're fu- they fuck their way to it. The Nighthag was the old leader of the Sixth Circle of Hell, or the, the, the consort of the old Sixth Circle of Hell leader. And when he died, she took over. But she had to fuck him until she could take over. Yep. Now the other- she's the Hag Countess. Yes. The other one is theoretically in charge of her own realm, but she's not. Her father still is. He's just supposed to be dead, but he's not. He's alive, and they're having sex. And he makes he calls all the shots. So, you know, they're like, oh, we put a woman in charge. Not really, though. Her dad does everything. She just is. She's just naked and fuckable. Wow. I was just like, wow. Good job. Way to bring in the ladies. Good. You, you did it. You did it. And Glazia's still there, but she's just like a whip-wielding dominatrix. Ugh. It's, it, it sucks. It's it, And this book has so much rape in it, and so many times they're just like, what's this guy? He's a psychopathic worshiper of Dweeblex. Also, he's a rapist. Yeah, I like that they just throw that in there as spice. They're like, oh, no, it's not his main thing. Yeah. He just also does a little light rape on the side. You know, like somehow when you're driving, the, you, you know, you don't really need to go to that small town, but what if they have a cool antique store? 
That's this guy with rape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to rape today, but my bus is late and I have 20 minutes. God damn it. That's the kind of, I just, this book is so gross. And that was, that was the stuff I found the grossest. There you go. So there you go. Would you, well, fucking, I don't think a would you play, would you incorporate any aspect of this book into any D&D game you might run in the future? Good Lord, no. Nothing in here is useful unless I was literally doing a, like, epic level, you're fighting in the nine hells, and then I would have the stats for some of them. Basically just the demon stats they have in here, because they have your know, dretches and mains and yeah, glabrazoos and so they on. They have a couple new things in here where it's like a kython, which is just sort of like a spiky version of a xenomorph. <laughs> I could have sworn kython was just the term for chain devils. Yeah, I, but no. Apparently not. I, I, I would have sworn up and down that that was just the... Uh, the official name for what most people just call chain devils, but here they're their own thing where they're yeah, like they are spiky yeah. xenomorphs. Yeah, they're like a whole species of they. They look like tyranids, and they work like tyranids. Like they have bioforms and everything that are for purpose driven for each type of murderous thing they want to do. Yeah, they got forearms and run around, and they're all spiky and no eyes and big, big mouths. Yeah, big weird chomp mouths that look like ty- tyranodon mouths. So yeah, they're just like. They're and just- also, when you type in Kython into Google and look up pictures. Oh, you better believe that, like, the tenth one is Tyranids. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was just the description for Chain Devils, but yeah, there's a couple of neat new monsters in here. And the thing is, the Demon Lords are so powerful as to be functionally unusable, which is a real problem with high-level D&D play. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially this edition, where they just gave everybody who was high-level everything <clears throat> in a million contingency plans and three billion hit points and if you try and hurt them they'll just teleport away that kind of, so there was no reason to stat them out to this degree of of uh, granularity i mean that was always the problem anytime you got into a high level anything was uh oh chiton that's why so there's chithons and chitons ah, of the chain devils okay that but makes yeah sense. anytime you got into a high level uh outsider it was always what do outsiders do? Well, they summon an army of other outsiders, and each outsider they summon can summon more outsiders. Yeah, this book was a real problem for that, where you're like, oh, I guess I'm going to fight fucking Mammon. All right, Mammon summons a D3 pit fiends. Each D3 pit, each one of those pit fiends summons a D4 plus one Glabrizu. Each one of those Glabrizu summons 20 mains. And you're like, what the, f- this fuck, this fight's not tenable anymore. No. It's, it's, it's not even, a, you couldn't even do this fight. And that was always the problem, even when you were fighting a regular ass demon. You're like, oh, I go fight, you know, a pit fiend because I'm a high-level D&D guy. Cool. You didn't fight one of them. You fought an entire army, and then as soon as it got low enough, it went, no, nah, I leave. Yeah, I I'll plane just, shift. I just fuck leave. You. Yeah. Fuck this. This. Was, I hope you were having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, we, we've been seeing that problem in, in old editions of D&D for forever. They're like, well, if you want to fight Modrons, great. 144 of them are here. And you're like, why? But what? I don't want to, what does that look? I, I guess that's an argument for theater of the mind combat. <laughs> uh there yeah. you go wouldn't play would not absolute u- shit. W- would not use <laughs> just not a fun book uh hey but if you are looking for a fun book uh buy, buy my buy book. some of our books and I, that's as far as i'm gonna go into that ad we're, we're running long uh good work everybody thank you for listening go support us on patreon patreon.com slash system mastery where we're gonna make bonus content characters i'm still not sure what we're gonna do 
Yeah. Are we going to make more three point X characters using the bullshit rules from this? Am I going to make some evil guy who's evil? Or are we going to eschew the third edition nonsense that we've done a million times and use this opportunity to make characters from previous games that we that never saw bonus content? Or make a, I don't know, fifth edition version of an evil guy. I'd rather, That's just as boring. I know, I was going to say, I'd rather not. Fifth edition is not my jam. Uh, I, 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 but I have no idea. And and uh, we, if you're over there with us, you will find out what we decided to do. And uh, that's, again, patreon.com slash systemmastery at the single dollar level. It helps us out immensely. It lets us keep doing what we do because this is our only job. That's right. Mm -hmm. Our only job is reading this absolute dreck and then coming back and being like, Jesus, why? Yeah. So so uh, help us out uh, or just leave us nice reviews on iTunes or whatever, wherever fine podcasts are reviewed. And in, until such time as we see you again, I hope you all have an evilly really good one. A really evil a, one. An evil half and an apathetic one. Yeah.